0: Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. So it's it's been, you know, 18 years since the last time I was installed as a lead pastor. And so kind of out of the practice, right? If you're only installed once every 18 years and and then you've got your first Sunday. You're really not sure what to do. So I kind of, you know, I do my research. I, I reach out to some folks who've been installed more recently, and I'm like, so, first Sunday, guys. You know, what do we do? And he goes, oh, you know, one guy says that's a that's a great opportunity to introduce yourself to the church, and, and you know, your your family and your story. I'm like, yeah, we 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 did that. Um, another guy says, oh, it's a great opportunity for you to set vision moving forward, and I'm like, oh, we've 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 got a pretty good one. We're and kind of loving and serving God and, and people. So I, I think we're I think we're good there. All right. Well, you know, it's a great place to set set culture. And I'm like, well, see vision. Love God, love people. We're we're pretty good there. So I'm talking to the Lord about what I should share today. And obviously I, I knew today was coming, so I've been kind of talking to the Lord for about the last two months and and you know, what should I teach? What should I bring? Lord, what do you want to say to encourage your church? And The Lord basically said, John, talk to people about what I'm doing in you. Um, So what I want to talk to you about this morning uh, is not, um, I mean, there will be teaching and there will be scripture. If we ever have a gathering and I tell you that I want to share, you know, the heart of God with you and I don't take you to scripture, you have my permission to get up and walk out. But I want to talk to you a little bit about what God has been speaking to me about, about a heart posture. And, you know, God sneaks up on you sometimes. I don't know if he's ever done that to you, but I, he, he does that to me all the time. So I'm working through different series titles, right? Because if you're going to talk for more than one Sunday about one thing, you, they tell, you have to have a series title, and then you have to have message titles, and I'm horrible at both of those. But this this title came just oh so quickly to me for this series. I just I felt like these three words, you know, welcome, Holy Spirit. Like, oh, that's a, yeah, I could, I could teach that this way, I could teach it this way, and I could teach it this way, and the Lord's like, yeah, no. John, I want that to be the posture of your heart. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Oh, okay. So, so I sit down to try and craft a, a, a sermon, a message on welcome Holy Spirit, and it's, it's like Nothing. Like, I don't know if you've ever had to stand up and present, but you want to be, like, super prepared. I take preaching really, really seriously. And so I'm, I'm always kind of going over my notes multiple times, and I'm trying to write a message, and the Lord's just quiet. Like That's not fair. This is, like, this is the first Sunday, God. That's not fair. And, and, and so I go back to some old stuff. I'm like, well, maybe God just wants me to revisit some old messages, and I, I grab an old one. I'm like, I can clean this up. I can polish. Nope. So I'm, you know, the clock's ticking. I'm here at like 7 o'clock last night interceding. Not for you, for me. Um, God, I got to get up. Like there are people that are expecting to hear from you, and, and I'm expecting to hear from you. And, and I felt like the Lord just kind of said, so, so what's your focus? Welcome, Holy Spirit. And he says, well, what do you trust me? Well, you can only answer that one way. Of course, God, I trust you 100%, you know, me, me and you.
1: Um, Ride or die, and and he's like, "Well, I'll I'll let you know tomorrow." Okay. So my alarm set for five. I'm awake at four, right? We
0: need to give God lots of time to download something, and and I and I'm up and I'm here and I'm praying, and the Lord just kind of gave me this impression. He's like, "Like John, you say you trust me.
1: You say you're going to welcome me." and i'm going to tell you what you need to say when you need to say it which is terrifying so i'm going to share with you some of the things that jesus
0: has shared with me i will take you a couple places in scripture there's some things that i've i've written down um, but this isn't a reflection of you know you, you get up for the first time after a great pastor has led for so long there's this fear that you're going to get up and you're going to say something and People are, are going to think you're somehow on some level you know communicating a change. I'm not communicating a change in anything other than in me and if if as we're talking, you feel an invitation for the Holy Spirit to pray that same prayer that I'm praying on the regular, welcome holy Spirit i just
1: I just want to invite you to do that and take this this journey with me. Holy Spirit's my friend and it's not sacrilegious to say that, it's, it's scriptural to say that. I mean, Jesus
0: says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends, and he and the Holy Spirit, you know, operate in lockstep. And Jesus was getting ready to leave. He was, in Matthew 14, 15, and 16, he's preparing his disciples for his imminent departure, and he says this to them. He says in John fourteen, sixteen, he says, I'm going to ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. He names him the Spirit of Truth. That's the Holy Spirit. He says, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him because he lives with you. And then he says, and he will live in you. I don't know how the disciples understood that. Looking back now with the benefit of history, some great commentaries, and an understanding of what the Holy Spirit did at Pentecost, we now understand that Jesus was saying... um, he lives with you, what he was pointing to was the fact that everything that Jesus did, he did as a man, though he was fully God, under the direction and the empowering influence of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit lived with the disciples. They could see him in action as Jesus ministered. But he points to a day in the future, and he says, but there's going to come a shift where he's not just going to be with you. He's not just going to be present around you. He's going to be present actually within you. He will join himself to you so closely that you are inseparable. The, the word in Scripture that, that speaks of the Holy Spirit joining himself to us speaks of him marrying himself to us. But the thing that I want you to see here that was so important for the disciples to hear is he says, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another counselor. Another doesn't mean different. When he uses the word another, that means another just like me. So he could have been saying to Peter, Peter, do you remember when we're in that storm and and everything's going nuts and you saw me walking over the water and and you weren't sure if it was me, so you said, Jesus, if that's really you, call me. And I did, and you came out, yeah. You remember when you just began to sink and you were afraid and you called out, Jesus, help me, and I reached out to you when you were in need and I made you safe? And Peter would say, yeah. Jesus would be saying, he's gonna be just like that. John do you remember when you were kind of confused about what the kingdom of God was going to look like and and what God wanted from us as we went out in ministry do, do you remember how you were confused and so you came to me and asked me some questions and I answered them for you well yeah that's what he's going to do everything that I did for you and I did with you the holy spirit is going to do if you will say my words not Jesus welcome holy spirit if you will make room for him now this is what is really important for us to remember and to understand in order for us to not only welcome the holy spirit but to engage with him jesus was a person right the disciples walked with him they talked with him he was a person the holy spirit likewise is a person he's not a power We hear a lot of teaching. I've heard a lot of teaching on the power of the Holy Spirit, which is a very real thing and which I am very, very grateful for. But the Holy Spirit has been represented as fire. He's not fire. Been represented as a dove. He's not a dove. The Holy Spirit is a person, like Jesus is a person. And because He is a person, when I posture my heart in a way that says, You are welcome here. With me, I am inviting a relationship with a person who will be ever present with me in a number of different capacities. Sometimes when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, we hear things like Pentecostal, tongue-talking, charismatic, my my personal favorite, charismaniac. Those aren't words that describe the Holy Spirit. Those are words that describe people. The Holy Spirit is a person. And more than a person, he is a divine person. He is God himself. We have Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Genesis 1, the very beginning of the story of God. The earth was formless and void, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, was hovering over the waters. He has always been a co-equal participant with God the Father and God the Son in everything that God has ever done. And Jesus says that co-equal, co-eternal co pick your own co person that is fully god john is is available to be fully present to you but i have to remember and i'm going to show you in scripture that the holy spirit is a person it's very tempting to think of the holy spirit as a power or as an influence. But if my perspective on the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is the power that I need to, whatever that to is, instead of remembering that the person of the Holy Spirit fills me with power, then the Holy Spirit becomes a tool that I can use to do what I think I need to do. But if I remember that the Holy Spirit is not only a person, but a divine person, and wants to be with me, then I posture my heart in such a way that says to him, not, here's how you can help me do what I want to do, but Holy Spirit, what are you doing, and how would you like to work in me, and how would you want to work through me to accomplish the will that you have for me
1: and for the future? He is... He is a friend. He is available for us as as Jesus was for the disciples.
0: Some, sometimes when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, especially in kind of a transitional day, you know, like today, people start going, John, all right, this is your first message since we've transitioned. You're talking about the Holy Spirit. Are you, are you saying we're going to become one of those churches? And I don't know what one of those churches is to you, but if that's your initial thought, it probably wasn't a great experience. I'm not talking about defining or redefining who we are as a church or how we are as a church. I simply want to talk to you about why I am responding to the invitation of the Holy Spirit to posture my way, my heart, in such a way that says to him on the regular, you're welcome here. Not here, here. To lead me, to guide me, to comfort me, to encourage me, to instruct me, and to lead me wherever you want me to go. And sometimes it's scary, but it's always rewarding. There there is nothing that we are really invited to in our relationship with Jesus that doesn't require faith. To even have a uh, relationship with Jesus, it it says in Hebrews that that it requires faith because we first have to believe He exists, that He's God, that that He's with us. So if there's any part of you that starts getting a little bit nervous, like, okay, you're talking Holy Spirit now, and that's scaring me a little bit, it's an opportunity for you to respond to the word of God and the invitation of God in an act of faith. I said to you a couple minutes ago, the Holy Spirit is a person. I want to show you what that means, why it's important that he's a person. We have this coach, someone who walks with us, talks with us. Not a power. How do we know that the Holy Spirit is a person? We know the Holy Spirit is a person because he exhibits the traits or the marks of personality, of personhood. Knowledge, feeling. Do you know the Holy Spirit feels? I'll show you in a second. And will. Knowledge, feeling, and will. These are the the characteristics of personhood or personality. They're what distinguish people from things. It's not the physical. It's the rest of it. If, If I was to rob you, and I promise not to, but if I was to rob you, and they were going to ask you to describe who stole your teddy bear, whatever I took, you would go and give them a physical description, right? You would go, you would go, you know, height, weight, eye color. Yeah, you'd say he's about six foot tall. Uh, he's got hazel eyes. Wears about, you know, weighs about two twenty. Stunningly handsome. Um, really easy for you to pick out. If if they asked you, you know, what was his getaway vehicle like, you'd be like, oh, he drives a 2011 GMC Acadia. It's silver. You can't miss it. It guzzles gas. Um, those are descriptions of my physicality, but not of me as a person. So if you were to de- asked to describe me as a person, you would say something else entirely. Our, our body, right, is not what makes us a person. My dad passed away many, many years ago, and um, my, my family and I decided to, to cremate his remains and then go out into the beautiful Puget Sound and scatter his ashes. It was kind of a beautiful family moment. Um, but if it was his body that made my dad a person, we did him an incredible disservice. Um, but we didn't, or it, it isn't. It's not his body that makes him a person. Knowledge, will, intellect. The Holy Spirit is smart. This, this one who God says wants to walk alongside of us as a coach, super smart. 1 Corinthians 2.11. Paul says, who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So the one that Jesus says to me is going to walk alongside me as a counselor, as a coach, as an advocate. That's what what the Greek word for counselor means, one who walks alongside. So Jesus says, he's going to be right here. He's going to be on your hip. And one of the things that's going to benefit you if you will engage in this relationship is he knows the very thoughts of God. John, there is never a moment in time you are going to get to a place where you don't have the capacity to understand God's will for the present or the future, unless you stop saying, welcome, Holy Spirit, and you just figure you're going to do it on your own. He is a person with knowledge, and his knowledge is not limited like mine is. He knows the very thoughts of God himself. The second mark of personhood, the Holy Spirit has a will. There are things that he wants to do. He has, he has a plan that he is working to unfold. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, they're, they're talking about spiritual gifts, and, and Paul says, one in the same spirit, works all of these things. Again, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he says he distributes to each one individually just as he wills. So this divine presence, this person, this Holy Spirit who knows everything God knows has a perfect and complete will for my life. He wants what's best for me. We know that about God from Scripture. And so he knows all that God knows. He wants all that God wants. And if I make myself available saying, welcome, Holy Spirit, then he is going to do for me what Jesus did for the disciples. There is a what that he wants to get done, and there is a how that he wants to get done. Now, here's the thing. Scripture says God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we would ever ask or imagine, could ask or imagine. And that sounds awesome, but I want some of that. I want God, I want our relationship to be engaged in such a way that I get to participate in you doing more than I could ever ask or imagine. The Holy Spirit doesn't have to imagine because the Holy Spirit knows the deep thoughts of God. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to ask because it's his will that is being fulfilled. So if I want to be a person, a disciple, a Christ follower who engages in God doing exceedingly and abundantly, I have to be aligned with the Holy Spirit who knows and who wills. The Holy Spirit thinks. He has a mind. It's another sign of personhood. Romans 8.27. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. The Holy Spirit thinks. Objects can't think. Powers can't think. But people, except between the ages of maybe 13 and 17, they think. Sorry, sorry, I take it back. They think a lot. Okay, so I've got repenting to do for everybody between 13 and 17. Got that? Um, so I've I've got this this coach who walks alongside me, who knows everything God knows, wants everything God wants, thinks like God thinks. And then Paul tells us he loves like God loves. I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. The Holy Spirit's motivation for you is the same as Christ. He loves you. Sometimes we think the Father loves us, got it. Jesus loves it, went to the cross, got it. Holy Spirit, he's kind of like the woohoo. But the Holy Spirit, being fully God, loves you as deeply, as passionately, and as completely as God the Father and God the Son, which means he is equally committed to your well-being because his motivation towards you is fully and exclusively love. He loves you like the Father, and he loves you like the Son. It is his love that motivates him as he engages with you, seeking your good and wanting the best for you. The love of the Father sent the Son, the love of the Son led it to the cross, led, led him to the cross, and then the love of the Holy Spirit led him to come down and align with us and care for us the way Christ cared for his disciples and finally, Holy Spirit's intelligent. See this is why we have to relate to him as a person and not a power. we can't direct him, we don't need to direct him. you ever pray like You're probably way too spiritually mature for this. But do you ever find your prayers directing God and telling him what he needs to do? Just me? Anybody? Like, all right, God, here's what you got to do to Jeff. Not that Jeff. Sorry, the name just came out. Here's what you need to do to John, right? The Holy Spirit doesn't need me to understand everything as I engage with him because he understands for me. He's intelligent and shares what he knows. This is Old Testament, Nehemiah 9. You sent your good spirit to instruct them. He is, a, he is a teacher as much as he is a coach. Here's another way scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit is a person. And I'm, I know I'm, I'm hammering this personhood, but you can't have a relationship with someone who isn't a person. And the Holy Spirit wants to have relationship. The Holy Spirit, he reveals the deep things of God. He does things only a person could do. He doesn't just know the deep things of God. He doesn't just sit there and go, I know the plan. I've got the plan. Hope you figure it out, John. Part of his relationship with me involves him revealing what God is doing. The Bible says, I, I see in part, I know in part, I understand in part. And one day, I may get it all, but God gets it all right now. And so the Holy Spirit, as he walks alongside with me, is willing to share with me, share with you the deep things that God is up to. And I got to tell you, in the climate we're living in right now, as I'm watching the news, this is a question I ask on the regular. God, what are you doing? What is going on? But the reason I ask what are you doing is not simply so I can understand, but that I might be able to partner with him. God, I know you are perpetually redemptive, you are eternally restorative, and I know that you're at work. I know you love this world, you love this community, you love this church. What are you doing? Because I want to partner with you there. And if I live my life as a disciple that says, welcome, Holy Spirit, he will reveal to
1: me what God is doing. The Holy Spirit prays. Do you know that Scripture says you have two
0: people praying for you all the time? the Holy Spirit, and Jesus? I mean, for that, I would say, thank you, because you know how to pray when I don't. Romans 8.26, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for. Ever been there? You're looking at something like, yeah, I got nothing. Help! But the Spirit himself intercedes for us, he says, with groans that words cannot express. He's not an impulse that comes upon us and directs our prayers. He actually prays himself. Jesus, it says in Hebrews 7.25, lives to make intercession for us. And with Jesus and the Holy Spirit as our prayer team, it's really easy to understand how Scripture would say all things are possible for those who believe. You have these two interceding for us. An object a power cannot intercede. But a knowledgeable, willful, intelligent being
1: who loves us deeply can pray for us passionately. And the Holy Spirit coaches.
0: John fourteen twenty six, The counselor, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things, remind you of everything I have said to you. As, as I stand up here today, I, I'm referring to some notes. But most of what I'm sharing is simply things that the Holy Spirit is reminding me of in the moment. This is his job. This is why we don't have to be afraid when we want to share our faith with other people, when we want to express words of comfort. If our posture is one of welcoming the Holy Spirit then all of these aspects of his personhood come into play as he comes alongside and coaches us. When I try to do it on my own, I can, I can absolutely guarantee you if I had said to Jesus last night or this morning, thanks, no thanks, I'm not standing up without a script I can read verbatim. It's a really important Sunday. This would be the worst message I have ever preached in my entire life. Because there are those moments where the Holy Spirit simply says, will you trust me to be who you know me to be? And we have to choose yes or no. And I didn't want to choose yes. Just, is it okay to be honest? Is that, is all right? Like, I think I probably went to the bathroom six times before the first service. I don't know if you have a nervous meter, that's mine. Anything over three is like, that's not biological, that's neurological. You're just freaking out. Too much? Is that too honest? (laughs) Sorry. My wife's not sitting in the front row to go, yeah, a little less honest. Just fake it a little bit.
1: I was, (laughs) don't look at your son. He's shaking his head. Dad, come on. Seriously? Fear, worry, anxiety does not indicate an absence of the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's
0: actually, according to Paul, an opportunity for him to engage with us when we say, you're welcome here. That's what it means when he said, God's power is made manifest, made evidence in our weakness. So I'll boast all the
1: more. I'll be even more honest about my weakness. So this is where I'm at right now.
0: This is what Jesus is doing in me. This is what Holy Spirit is talking to me about. John, remember I'm a person. And I'm a person that wants to walk with you. And I am, I am available if you want a relationship with me. This is, this is why it's so important that, to remember he's a person. You, you share your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations with a person. You, you share your heartache, your complaints, and your frustrations with a person. And he's available to me to talk to him about all of those things, to walk all of that stuff out with him. And we will talk in the days ahead of how his empowering presence is brought to bear once that relationship is established. But it starts with knowing him as a person,
1: not relating to him as if his power was all he had to offer. And That's all I got. I'm going to pray for you in a second, and I want to leave you with this encouragement. Every morning when I wake up this week, I'm going to say, welcome, Holy Spirit.
0: I'm not saying you can come into the room. He's already there. He's God. Omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. It's not like i got to go, hey, I'm over here. But what I am saying to him when I say welcome Holy Spirit is my heart is postured towards you in a way that embraces your presence and invites you into any area of my life where you want to be present and engaged. It says I'm starting my day remembering I'm in a relationship with you. And it encourages my own heart because I remember all of the things that I saw Jesus do for the disciples that I think are super cool, the Holy Spirit is willing to do for me. Teach, encourage, exhort, correct. Less excited about that one, but it's super important. Scripture actually says about God's discipline that God disciplines those he loves, like the Father, a son that he delights in. So when I'm saying, welcome, Holy Spirit, I'm even saying, all right, correct me. And I think, because God loves me, I think that this invitation is because he has something more in store for me. And if I will align myself with his Holy Spirit, I'll get to experience it. There's no exceedingly and abundantly without a partnership with the Holy Spirit. There's just me left to my own devices. And I don't want that. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for you. And so if you would like to join me in this kind of journey of discovery over the next few weeks of what Holy Spirit might want to show us, get up in the morning and say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Might feel weird. I'm going to be honest. But some of the really cool things about God feel a little bit weird, right? Praying for someone for the first time, was a little weird. Sharing your testimony for the first time? Could feel a little bit weird. Sang out loud to an empty room. Welcome, Holy Spirit. That could feel a little bit weird. Stand up in front, a whole bunch of people, without a teaching script. A little weird. It's working out okay. For me, anyway. (laughs) I want to pray for you. And as I pray for you, I'm praying for me. Holy Spirit, you're here. You're, you're, you're in the midst of us. You are always present. There's never a moment that you aren't. And yet there are moments where I'm not aware of your presence, not because you're absent, but because I'm not looking for you. And So this week, every morning, I'm going to look for you. And I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And I know that you will respond to that invitation. Lord, I pray for any of those that want to kind of join me on this journey that you would give them the courage to say out loud in the morning or even in the quietness of their own heart, welcome Holy Spirit, and then look for those moments of engagement, those places where you bless, encourage, and surprise us. God, thank you for this amazing, amazing church. God, that has been a blessing and is a blessing to so many in this community, beyond our borders. God, I was just so struck in that first service looking out, and again, in this service, at people who I saw yesterday engaged in active ministry to our community, from from caring for those at a park whose families were walking out recovery, to those who were building beds in the Home Depot parking lot, to to seeing Keith McClellan at nine o'clock at night as I'm driving down, standing in a standing in a front yard with lights and sirens going as he's ministering to a family whose lives were suddenly disrupted. God, we don't don't say welcome Holy Spirit because there's something wrong. We say welcome Holy Spirit because there's something great and we want it to be even greater. We love you, we see you, we're committed to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.